the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here we are on a Tuesday, and it is a wet Tuesday. Man, it was pouring down rain when I got up this morning. It was coming down in buckets. I was just talking to Elizabeth. She says that, what, since yesterday, you say you got three inches of rain, or you got three inches of rain yesterday? That was yesterday. I haven't checked this morning. (laughs) Okay. You mean you haven't run out in the rain and uh, to see how much rain fell? There is water all around my house. There's so much water that the yard is flooded. Yeah, it, uh, so I didn't. No, I didn't run out into the water to check. Yeah, Linda had to go out and uh, and hit the uh, the flush on the on the on the pool. We had to empty the pool some uh, this morning because oh, it wow. was it was filling all the way up. So that that's pretty impressive when you consider there's thirty three gallons, thirty three thousand gallons of water in that pool. And we had about a five-inch gap between the top and uh, the filter. So uh, we've had some rain the last couple of days. So we emptied it out <laughs> early this morning, or should I say she emptied it out. She ran out and took care of it while I was getting ready to go to work. And I met her at the door with a, a towel, a dry towel, that I had thrown in the dryer and got it nice and warm for and she says, well, I'm not cold, but I sure am wet. And she she did look like kind of like a drowned dog as she had come in. Her hair was just plastered to her and stuff. So uh, we took care of that. Uh, looks like we'll get another uh, time of rain here about 630 this morning. Uh, I'm hoping that it's not going to be what we had earlier today because there was an area that went across Cabot that was just nothing but solid yellow and red. And it was coming down and pouring, just pouring uh, this morning. So anyway, it's supposed to be out of here by Friday. They're saying we'll get a little bit of rain uh, tomorrow. We'll get some rain on Thursday. But on Friday, they're staying nice day, real nice, which is great because my, my grandson graduates Friday night and the graduation is going to be a war memorial. So, you know, if you're going to be, oh, outside, be outside, no rain. Want no rain. Yeah, rain go away. You know, go into the Woodstock rain chant here before mm-hmm. before long and see if we can keep it. It didn't work then. I hope it works now. Let's just put it that way. With all the water in the ground, it's going to be humid. Oh, my gosh, this weekend when it gets so warm and dry or dries out from the rain, the humidity in the air is going to be very heavy. You know what else is going to be heavy? The amount, the clouds of mosquitoes that are going that to hatch <laughs> be prepared yeah bring your mosquito stuff and get your spray yeah. 
Then you get that right. Get your deed out. Here they come. Here they come. Yeah, That's get your right. deed out. Next week. I'll get that backwood uh, stuff that I usually get. It's, it comes in a green can. It's 44 deet. And uh, that tends to te- keep the mosquitoes away a little bit, which is uh, uh, a great thing. All right, so big story today. Everybody's uh, posting about it right now, and that is that the Supreme Court is going to hear a uh, case dealing with abortion from the state of uh, Mississippi. Uh, they're not hearing the Arkansas case. You know, they we passed that, that law that made uh, abortion illegal with the express purpose of trying to force it up to the Supreme Court. But uh, Mississippi beat us to it, so now... Uh, they're going to be taking it on. They're saying that uh, we'll probably know something by next year, by June. That's when they usually, you know, they they hear these cases, and then in June is when they release their uh, all 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 of their opinions and things of that nature. Uh, it says that while the case appears unlikely to settle the forty-year war over the constitutional status of abortion, it offers the first opportunity to witness the 6-3 majority of George Bush and Donald Trump appointees in action on the abortion issue. And because the case involves a direct ban on some abortions rather than a regulation, it potentially puts the entire edifice of Roe v. Wade in the crosshairs. Your thoughts on this one, uh, I, I guess this is what we've been, you know, a lot of people have been working for. Uh, I always say, you know, you might be worried about what you're going to get, but they're pushing it to see where where we're at as far as that. Well, of course, you know that we never did, uh, you know, our case has not made it to the Supreme Court yet, no. of course. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will really rule on the major issue and not find a minor point and end up throwing the bigger issues out the window because the minor point was decided. They've done that a lot lately. They've tried to stay away from making major decisions on major issues. They're important to people. And uh, I don't know. This one I don't see. Well, of course, I'm not an attorney. They can always find a minor point to, to go with, it seems. But I, I uh, because this talks about the fetus viability outside the womb, yep. it's going to make a huge change no matter what their ruling is, I hope. I don't know that they can get around that issue because that's what this one's about. Yeah. Uh, Gian Massini, who is uh, president of March for Life, said this is a great case. Nobody can ever say exactly how justices are going to rule on a particular case, but we are very encouraged on this. And Planned Parenthood life. Uh, Planned Parenthood is already using this to raise money. Well, of course they are. <laughs> We're threatening the ability of people to kill their babies before they're born. How, how dare you? Well, and and... and doesn't surprise me they would use this as a as a fundraiser, so to speak, but that's what they're doing. 
Well, never let a crisis go to waste. For them, it's a crisis. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely would be a crisis, especially for, you know, Planned Parenthood could put them completely out of business if they would say that, uh, you know, abortion uh, was up to the states. See, that that's the thing that I think a lot of people do, do not understand. This will not make, a, I believe, it will not make abortion illegal across the whole spectrum of this country that will go back to the way it was when Roe v. Wade was passed, which will be that some states may still allow abortion, but other states will not. And it will become a state's rights issue. And if you want to, uh, you know, have an abortion or have that right or whatever, maybe you should move to that state. It, I don't know. Is it a state's rights issue or is it a federal issue? The government made it a federal issue by deciding they could rule on it again at the Supreme Court level. And now, you know, right now the name of the game on so many topics is states' rights. And the next year, two, three are going to really make the difference on whether or not our Constitution is going to hold up to that concept of federalism or are the folks in charge from the top-down government there in D.C. going to have their way? Yeah, are we going to have the type of uh, of uh, governance that we've had for years and years and years since the, the Constitution was, you know, since the Constitution was ratified, or will we go with a, a Soviet-type? government which is completely centralized and uh, is top down it that that has always been the argument in this country uh since the constitution was uh, of course uh, uh voted on i mean uh, people who were not going to vote for it wanted the bill of rights and got the bill of rights and now that is what is being fought over uh, all the time is the Bill of Rights. When you talk freedom of speech, when you talk freedom of assembly, when you talk about uh, you know your gun rights and all the rest, those are the rights that were written into the Constitution because a lot of people wouldn't sign it unless it was specified that those rights were given by God and that it had nothing to do with the state. Well, and as you know, the Bill of Rights uh, here in Faulkner County, just tonight, our quorum court is due to have its third reading and will vote on a Bill of Rights ordinance that's being brought forward um, as a follow-on to some stuff that happened last year across the state. You know, several people brought the Second Amendment ordinance in. It didn't fly. It wasn't uh, ruled constitutional by the powers that be. This one has been ruled constitutional, the uh, the uh, gentleman bringing it forward had gone to the attorney, talked with him first, and actually had Mr. Rainwater, who is the guy with the Association of Arkansas Counties, tells all the counties how to do their legal stuff. He blessed this this uh, ordinance before it was ever brought forward to our court. But we've actually had a Republican argue last week that somehow the Bill of Rights ordinance would take the freedom of speech away from county employees because it requires that employees uphold the rights of the citizens. 
and maybe some of those employees don't want to don't want to subscribe to the Bill of Rights. So this is a, a bad ordinance because it's going to take the, the freedom of speech away from employees of the county because it requires that you follow the Constitution. Interesting. All right. Tell me how convoluted that argument is. <laughs> uh, it is convoluted, and it shouldn't be convoluted. It's pretty— Not at you know, all. Not uh, at all. Uh, you know, PDQ, you know, as far as that goes. It's uh, pretty easy to come to a conclusion about what the First Amendment says. All right, let's get a break in here, Elizabeth. We're supposed to hear from Michael Graves here in a few moments. He's supposed to be calling in. I, I just talked to him less than 24 hours ago. He said, I'll, I'll give you a call at that number you sent me. So we're waiting for it. I just hope that he's figured out what central time is versus Eastern time and all the rest. I just texted him again and said, it's time call. So we'll, <laughs> good morning. Yeah, come on. So we'll get we'll try to get him on the air today uh, for the folks that don't know who Michael Graves is. Um, Michael was uh, one of the lead singers of the Misfits. Uh, he's a very, very talented guy. I have worked with him before. Uh, he has done some talk uh, uh, with me before. He's been on my show many times before, and he's going to be on today. Now, today is going to be a little bit different because uh, the Southern Law uh, people have said that the Proud Boys are a uh, racist group and they're a terrorist group. Uh, and look, Michael belongs to him, and I know Michael Graves is not a terrorist, and I know he's not a racist. So we're going to find out what is it about the Proud Boys that scares everybody so bad, and we'll talk about it uh, when he's on with us today and maybe get some clarification for everybody. But let's get a break first, and then we'll come back and talk further. Don't forget about P.I. Roofing. P.I. Roofing wants you to know that with all the rain that's coming down, they might not be able to get on your roof right now. Uh, but they can get on the roof as soon as it dries out enough. And uh, you may need that if you've noticed some discoloration, uh, you know, in any part of your house, bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, living room, where there may be a leak present. And uh, you need to get PI Roofing out to decide and to find out where that leak is. Just because the discoloration is in your bedroom doesn't mean that the leak is over your bedroom. It could be on the other end of the house, in fact. It's, it's crazy the way water moves around and things of that nature. So uh, we'll get an opportunity to know that uh, the folks at PI Roofing, who cons- considers themselves the roof leak detectives, can figure that out and then fix it for you before it becomes a very, very costly leak for you where a bunch of drywall is destroyed and it's got to be uh, removed and has to be replaced. PI Roofing, 707-3551 is their number, 707-3551, or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right, 623, no Michael yet. We're waiting for him to call, and I'll just keep texting him. You know, he could be sleeping. He may have performed last night. I don't know. And if he did, uh, he would have been out to three or four o'clock in the morning so let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that he didn't oversleep this morning but we're hoping that he'll join us here on the dave ellswick show even if he had called uh forgot it was central time that means he would have called an hour earlier because he's out in uh, new york at least that's where i uh, i assume that he is still at it unless he's 
touring right now, and I don't know if he's doing that or not. So uh, we'll just keep our fingers crossed and hope that he'll be here. Uh, I know this. He wouldn't do this on purpose uh, if, if, he, if he overslept or whatever. Yeah, isn't it amazing to you? I know you sent me some information, Elizabeth, about the group, about the people uh, who hate yeah. them and what they say about them. But here's the thing that's interesting when, when they say what they say is that there's nothing to back up what they say. Not at all. Not at all. I tried to browse around a little on social to find out, you know, as journalists do, let's see one approach, let's see the other side of the question on the Proud Boys. There is no other side on the media about the Proud Boys. There's only one side, a far-right, extremist, violent organization. Yeah, and I don't um, see how was, they say that they're a violent extremist organization. Uh, they say they were involved in Charlottesburg, but that was one member of the Proud Boys, and he has been thrown out of the Proud Boys because of that. Well, and there's now a lot of information on Charlottesville from drone footage that shows the circumstances were much different than what, a uh, surprise, much different than what the media showed us. Uh, there was a lot of things going on that were not reported. Uh, that's drone footage. No, that's the way the media does, paint with the broad brush. All they need is one incident, and the whole entire group that you're associated with is painted with the broad brush. And, of course, they refuse to see any other side of the picture. Never mind that these people say that they are not violent. They vehemently deny that they incite violence. Uh, you know, that part doesn't get reported. <laughs> now they'll be they'll be the first to say they're a nationalist group that they it's America first with them. Nationalism means America first principles. There is nothing wrong with nationalism. Again, the media wants people to believe that nationalism not only says America first but says everything else goes and that's not true. It's not a matter of against other things it's a matter of for the country well they try and, again, they try to tie together nationalism and uh fascism that's what they try and to do fascism, and they're totally different and all that it's not the same thing no and again people haven't learned their history so they can't reason out in their own minds what the differences are and the media gets away with painting with the broad brush yeah so uh, we hope that michael will will join with us because People that have listened to this show over the years will remember Michael because he used to come in and, uh, you know, play music. Uh, you'll remember when he got involved with the, the Memphis uh, kids and uh, the problem that was over there uh, with them being in prison uh, for murder that I agree. I don't believe that they committed. And uh, finally, they were released. And the, the reason they got released is because of uh, the gentleman that that brought the questions to uh, everybody about whether that was a fair investigation or not was the same guy who put together profiling of serial killers and everything. I mean, he's, you know, he's the guy that Silence of the Lambs was built on. I think Peterson is his name. And, uh, you know, very interesting, to say the least, uh, what he came up with. I mean, he's the one who found the hairs, in the knots in the rope that they couldn't identify uh, by uh, the DNA. The three. Yeah, I mean that was West all there. Three. And my and so Mike. He's been involved for a. Go ahead. No, no, that's all right. You're right. He's been involved with this kind of stuff for a long, long time. 
I mean, that's how looking for justice. Yeah, that's how he. Yeah, that's how he got on my show the first time. I had him on talking about the West Memphis Three, and uh, he he made just a very solid case uh, about what had happened over there. And uh, you, you got to go back and look at that from the time that it happened, and and why things happened the way that uh, that, that uh, you know investigation went down. Very very interesting. Uh, to say the least, of uh, what happened. So anyway, uh, we won't get into that with Michael today if he calls in. I told him I wanted to specifically talk about the Proud Boys and what he's up to now and and what he is trying to do when he goes out and performs now in and around America because he's out all the time. Uh, He is very good friends with the the remaining Ramones. Uh, He still goes out and does uh, some per, uh, you know uh, performances with the remaining members uh, he knew dd really well and and johnny and all the rest and uh it's it's really a uh, they had performed together they were good friends uh for the folks who know man cow uh good friends with him uh he's a he's a really conservative guy He'll surprise you, and he surprised a lot of people that used to follow the Misfits. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. Hopefully, Michael will call here in the next few moments on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Don't forget about East End Towing. Whenever you need a tow, East End Towing is your go-to towing exchange. Uh, 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. Now, when I normally mention towing people you know normally think cars all right because that's what people think about when you say towing however how about if your trailer that you carrying your boat on breaks down and you need a tow because of that or uh, so you need your boat or you got a truck big truck not a little truck big truck you know you see these big dump trucks around how about one of those breaks down you need tow that's where East End Towing comes in. And your camper, you know, they can help tow that as well. They are full service. They handle it all for you. And they know everything about towing. They know about what to do when it's a private property tow that has to be done. Or, you know, what to be done with the vehicle. They can give you all of that information. You know, so who do you call? Well, you call East End Towing. Call the people that are in the know. That's 501-888-8849. Keep this number in your glove compartment. 501-888-8849 or keep it in your purse, keep it in your wallet, wherever you keep those important numbers that you call when you need them. Because, you know, you never know when you're going to need to tell them. Just telling you. Just it pops out of nowhere. I had... uh, end up being towed a few months ago uh, and just driving down the road when my right front tire or my left front tire went out and uh, totally blew out i pulled over immediately and had to get a hold of a of a tow a- at that point so keep it in mind east end towing want to remind that name to you again east end towing 501 Elizabeth Sotolaro is on with me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Interesting story uh, that is making the rounds right now about uh, Dr. Fauci. And uh, evidently, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Paul, 
has been challenging him about money that he spent uh, through the federal government to this Wuhan lab that everybody has been questioning about whether uh, the the COVID-19 virus came from there. And this money was earmarked to this lab for bat coronavirus, uh, you know, uh, work. And, uh, you know, Rand Paul says, hey, we can't say that this is a COVID-19 virus, but it's an awful strong, interesting coincidence that this now uh, are we're finding this out through following a paper trail directly back to Dr. Fauci. You still there, Elizabeth? The mute button works. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, yes, uh, Fauci would. He told Rand Paul last week to his face in a congressional hearing that we did not fund this research, but there is paperwork and contracts that prove that money was funded to a group called Echo Health, which is a nonprofit, and then they gave the money to the Wuhan labs to do exactly what we're discussing. By the way, gain of function, you hear that a lot. What that means is enhancing the bug to have more functionality. In other words, to be lethal in humans when, in fact, it started in animals. That's what it's all about. His excuse is that we need to research these things in order to prevent terrible pandemics. Yeah, you know, I think that it's it's important for everybody to understand, and even uh, Senator Paul brought this out, that other countries who are bad actors are are doing this, but that we do it as well because of the bad actors that are doing it. That's what they say. Um, It's interesting because we had a ban, and it came about during the Obama administration. We banned this type of research in our country. And again, we've seen so many patterns with the left taking government money, funding it to nonprofits. Oh, it's just a nonprofit, you know. And then the nonprofit does what it does with the money, which is, of course, against the constitutional things that we believe in. Right. And it happens repeatedly. Um, The thing that's so, I think, sort of stunning about this, of course, is the position that Dr. Fauci has been in for a year or more as being the king of everything, you know, uh, coronavirus-related. And at the same time, we're all extremely aware of how many times he's flip-flopped or lied from one day to the next. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear three masks. You can go outside. You can't go outside. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Combined with the information that we have now about this funding, all this behavior seems extremely suspicious. I'll just say that. Well, it seems extremely suspicious. And why wouldn't... uh you know, Fauci stepped forward at the very beginning and say, yeah, there was money that went to a nonprofit. Now, maybe they didn't know that the nonprofit used it with this Wuhan lab. I can't believe that, but uh, maybe no. that's that's what they want to say. But if even if that's the case, they said that no money was used in any way, shape or form. And because of that, that means that they lied to a congressional committee. 
Well, and here's the other thing. When this whole thing blew up in our country in January, February last year, they knew very full well they have records of logs that Fauci was visiting the White House after the ban was put in place. So the government knew that we were funding the research here. The government knew it banned the research here. We're in discussions with the scientists involved in the research, and yet nobody piped up in last year, January, February, and said, hey, you know, they might have popped up and said, hey, we're doing research and we've got an answer or we're looking for an answer or we're going to find a, you know, a solution to the problem. No, they laid low, stayed quiet. What, what do you do when you're guilty? You lay low and stay quiet and hope no one notices. Yeah, well, uh, my, my uh, thanks to Senator Rand Paul for bringing this out. Now, what will be interesting is, uh, is to see what will the rest of the Senate do about this? Because something needs to be done about this. The man lied to the U.S. Senate, sat there well, flat not- out and lied to him. It's not just the Senate as well. Um, On Sunday, one of our conservative fighters, uh, Devin Nunes, in the House, also has done a lot of investigation now into this issue. And he's written a letter with 25 questions, and he says he wants answers. So we have Rand Paul in the Senate. We have Devin Nunes, and I'm not sure who else, in the House. And they're doing some serious research to find out the best they can. Of course, they're just Congress, you know. They don't get all the information either, as we well know, during the last four or five years of the the Trump, uh, you know, witch trials. And so it's it's uh, become a focus of our government by the people that we know will get to the bottom of it. Kind of interesting that uh, that idiot in the House that kept saying that uh, it was the Russians, it was the Russians, it was the Russians, hasn't raised his head up to say a peep here lately. Have you noticed that? Oh, you mean, no, no, that was Swalwell talking about China. No, who, not Swalwell. about Russia. And I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking, China or Russia, you I'm know. talking Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, I'm, I'm talking, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of his name now. It starts with an S. Yeah, I can't think. And he's an, you know, he's a, he's a pure idiot and, uh, <laughs> making a lot of the statements that he made and kept, kept it, kept the uh, the whole thing about Trump going and now he's being real quiet nothing to nothing nothing to see there nothing to talk about all right stay where you you're at over, well go ahead you've told me over the years that the voters are a lot smarter than most people give them credit for and i hope that this is another one of those situations most common sense individuals when they start seeing this information are going to realize what's really going on i sure hope so it's my it's it's my hope that they do. I got my fingers, and my toes crossed, and my eyes crossed. I'm hoping uh, for the best of that. All right, you stay where you're at. When we come back, you know Biden is saying that, uh, hey Netanyahu, we, you need to go along with uh, the ceasefire. Well, there's a reason why uh, the Israelis may not want to go along with the ceasefire, and I agree with it. And I, I just saw another picture today, and uh, it, it's the way it always goes. Uh, look at this picture, how terrible it is. It's a Palestinian father holding his daughter who was killed in a uh, retaliatory strike, and, and didn't even say retaliatory, an Israeli strike uh, uh, over in, in the Middle East. Here's the key. There wouldn't have been a strike from the Israelis if Hamas hadn't <laughs> launched missiles against uh, the Israelis. All right, so let's take a break. 
And then we'll come back and we'll talk about ceasefire or no ceasefire as the Dave Ellswick Show continues here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer. Hey, if you have any questions about being uh, uh, what you need to do about uh, Social Security, about filing for Social Security, you need to get the answers, and you can get it in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet called Your Guide to Social Security from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, the 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know, and it can help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, then you need this free booklet. And let me reiterate, it is free. There is no charge for it whatsoever. Uh, All you got to do is call 501-222-3315. You'll get a free customized Social Security analysis with this as a bonus And that pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. So pick up the phone, call now, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. All right, about 10 minutes till 7. We have not heard from Michael Graves. I don't know what happened. I will find out. And I'll reschedule, and I'll let you know when Michael says he wants to be on, and I'll, I'll make him sign uh, a declaration in blood. How's that? Okay, so that we know that he'll be with us. Uh, I just know that it's not like him to just leave me sitting, you know, high and dry like this at all. Something had no. to, something had to have come up. Now you brought up, and I want to get to this first, and that is about a warrantless gun that the Supreme Court of the United States is hearing. Uh, about the Second Amendment. Bring me up to date on this. This is that Rhode Island case that was in the news where the fella and his wife, he'd, he'd never had any violent tendencies, any issues of any kind. They had a fight. He put out a gun on the table and said something about, just shoot me. She got worried. She calls the cops. Long story short, he decides to agree to go off to the hospital to be checked out. While he was gone from the home, the police came in and confiscated all of his weapons. All right, so this is no like a, like what they would do in a red flag law. Exactly, except they didn't even really, I'm not sure if it even had anything to do with the red flag law. It was the, They called it a community health issue, and they used a statute, or a, I'm not sure if it was the law, they used the principle that the police are also out there to help protect the community, and this was a danger. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that they overrode the man's Second Amendment rights when that occurred. So now so, he can, now he can't get his guns back, right? Well, he didn't get his guns back, and he took them to court. His name is, I don't know how to pronounce it, Coniglia, C-A-N-I-G-L-I-A. The Gun Owners of America got involved, and the Supreme Court completely rejected the arguments on behalf of the police and the government um, that the police should be able to enter homes without a warrant to seize handguns. It was a, it was a, let me get down in here somewhere. It was a four page opinion, very quick. Justice Clarence Thomas said that this particular principle applies to police who are responding to disabled vehicles. In other words, if they came upon an accident Let's say the driver was incapacitated and there were weapons in the vehicle. 
the police can take those weapons and, and put them in a safe place instead of leaving them on the side of the road and car, right, when they take the fellow to the hospital. And it says the question is whether this previous case, it's a caretaking duty, creates a standalone doctrine that justifies warrantless searches and seizures in the home. He wrote, just as Clarence Thomas wrote, it does not. Pretty flat, pretty simple, not nuanced, not divided out with a bunch of little legal uh, caveats. It does not apply. So it was a very big ruling, I believe. I remember the case disturbed me when I read about it because I thought, you know, it does touch on the red flag laws, but the red flag laws, now I don't know how they've been applied. They're supposed to have due process. There was no due process here at all. None. Right. And but, he was but, unaware. Was, that's the case with red flag laws, and it's what we've argued about ever since somebody's brought this up. There is no due process in a red flag law. But with red flag laws, someone made the complaint and said, go in there and take the guns away from Joe. That's, well, in this yeah. case, Joe, nobody complained about Joe except the wife who called and said, we're having an argument and I'm worried about his mental health. Which is just exactly what we argue mm-hmm. about when it comes yeah. to red yeah. flag laws. Uh, they're going to be yeah. misused. That's what they're going to be used for. That's right. You know, for this misuse. Is a Fourth Amendment thing. You know, back to what we said earlier about the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is being uh, chipped away at in every angle. But this is a big. This is a big ruling, and I think it's important and uh, a good thing. A good sign. Well, good it should sign. give us. It should give us some uh, area to work at as far as red flag laws are concerned, and about. You know, due process, although due process is getting to be something that a lot of people are are now beginning to believe is starting to disappear in our country as well. All right. So mm-hmm. over in Israel, uh, the uh, they keep on firing the missiles. Hamas has uh, they they fired three thousand three hundred and fifty missiles at Israel over the last week and a half. They've killed nine civilians and at least one soldier. Now, that's incredible when you consider the number of missiles that have been launched towards Israel. It goes to show you how how uh, successful the Iron Dome is uh, in, uh, uh, in Israel. Did you see the, the stupidity from the Washington Times yesterday who said, well, they shouldn't be able to have the Iron Dome because if they got the Iron Dome, then they don't have to listen to their people and, and come to the negotiating table with Hamas. I want you to think a minute for how stupid that is. You know, you shouldn't be able to be able to defend yourself. Uh, that way, uh, you'll, uh, you'll, get in, you'll go to the negotiating table. Uh, now, not only are rockets coming from uh, down in uh, Gaza, they're also coming from Lebanon, southern Lebanon as well. Now, why would the Israelis be against the ceasefire? It's very simple. Uh, the Hamas is not making these missiles. They don't have missile-making factories in, in Gaza or in Lebanon. They're getting these Where uh, missiles. Where are they coming from? Yeah, they're coming from Iran. We know they're coming from well, Iran. Everybody Iran. knows they're coming Iran. from Iran. Yeah. So now because we gave money. Yeah. yeah. So here, here's the key: if they're coming from Iran, they got to wait for their shipment. So if you're running low, then let's have a let's have a ceasefire so we can rebuild our allocation yeah. and then we can uh, you know start, start again. again. 
So I don't blame Netanyahu uh, for a moment on this. Uh, A paper is citing uh, health officials in Gaza, which I wouldn't believe in any way, shape, or form, uh, reporting that at least 212 Palestinians have been killed in the conflict, including 61 children. Now, let me just say this. I don't want to see children killed. I don't want to see children killed any place. But it bothers me when suddenly they use children as some kind of device (laughs) to say that you Israelis, look how mean and terrible you are. They're not mean and terrible. They're protecting their country. Exactly. And isn't this what we're being told about immigration? It's all about those children and they're being separated from their parents and all that stuff while we are the ones who are doing the efforts that are causing those problems. (laughs) It's just backward. It's just backward. And we're the ones who funded Palestine. We gave, I mean, Biden overturned everything Trump had done. He stopped the money flowing to Palestine. Now the money's flowing again, and they're just using it to buy weapons from Iran to use against Israel. Did you see the article where, I don't even remember who it was, asserted that the Iron Dome is racist? Oh, yeah, because the Iron it, Dome is racist. Because it, it protects Israelis, but not Palestinians, right? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't allow enough missiles through. Therefore, it's discriminatory. I mean, again, the efforts that these people go to and the knots that they tie themselves up in trying to justify their crazy behavior. That sounds like something that Omar would come up with or AOC or something. You know, this is uh, racist because uh, uh, we're not killing enough uh, Israelis. You know, we got to kill some more Israelis to do that. Because it works. Yeah, because (laughs) that Iron Dome thing works. All right. Oh, man. Israeli, or uh, Israeli, Elizabeth, always a pleasure to have you on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I thank you for being part of it today. I'm so sorry that you didn't get to talk to Michael today. Hopefully that will happen oh, next, we will. next week. We'll try to get it set up for next week and uh, talk to him then. So until next week, you have a great day, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you uh, here over the week. All right? Stay strong, stay dry. All right. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Take a break. We got more coming your way. Bible Guys up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
The Bible guys are here. You got a question? 8230965. 8230965. I'm trying to think of the uh, pastor's name. He's on our 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 teaching station. Uh he's got the real strong Scottish brogue. What's his name? Do you can you think off the top of your head, Heidi? It's not Alistair Begg, Alistair is it? Alistair Begg. That's who it was. Alistair Begg said you build a boat to keep the water out, not to leave the water in. Right. And he says the church now, which is supposed to keep the world out, right, right, is more and more allowing the world in to the church and changing, you know, Scripture. And, every, and it's not changing Scripture. They're redefining Scripture wrongly. So let me bring this up to you. This is off the Daily Wire story I had. I sent this to you guys. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America over the weekend became the first mainline Protestant denomination to elect a transgender bishop. The Reverend Megan Rohr, a biological female who uses the pronouns he and they, was elected May 8th to serve as bishop of the uh, Sierra Pacific, is it Synod? Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Of the uh, ELCA, according to a press release, elected on the fifth ballot with 209 votes during an online assembly, Rohr narrowly defeated the Reverend Jeff Johnson of Berkeley, California, who received 207 votes. Rohr, who presently pastors Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church in San Francisco and is also community chaplain coordinator for the San Francisco Police Department, uh, will be installed in the position of authority on September 11th at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Walnut Creek, California. Uh, They, I'll just use... The pronoun they for her, all right, mm-hmm. uh, celebrated the victory by praising the uh, Synod for dismantling the clerical standards set by the First Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325, which was the first economical, uh, ecumenical gathering of bishops in church history and produced the famous Nicaea Creed. The First Council of Nicaea's first action was to try to limit the leadership roles of trans pastors and bishops roar wrote <laughs> think about that i mean they didn't even Please. think about this stuff i'm grateful the lutherans um of the uh, sierra pacific synod are beginning to dismantle this and some of the other hurdles black indigenous and people of color and lgbtq pastors encounter unquote roar was referring to canon one of the council which forbids those who have castrated themselves from serving in the clergy. Uh, Mark Tooley, who is president of the Theologically Conservative Think Tank Institute on Religion and Democracy in Washington, D.C., likened Rohr's attitude to that which prevailed among, among the Gnostics of the first century who rejected the uh, ecumenical orthodoxy in favor of secret knowledge, stressing self-actualization and inner journeys instead of salvation and worshiping the creator. This has been around since 325. Right. Well, it, it goes, it, it goes back further than that. The whole, 
um, he, she, it, whatever it is there, acts like uh, the the rulings come out of 325 or what established those standards. But that is nothing more than a repetition of what the Old Testament says about um, those who could serve in the temple. So this is this is not a rejection of man's rules. Um, this is rejection of God. Uh, and it's appropriate that her, his, her, whatever installation will happen on a 9-11 because this too is a tragedy. Mm. Um, and it's, it's foolishness, it, but it is, you know, what was it? Um, one of my favorite teachers said recently, what did you expect the end times to look like? Yeah, um, I like that. You know, the, the fact that, um, the fact that we have gotten, and, and I, I'm using the royal we there because it's certainly not the folks sitting around this table. But the fact that we have gotten so stupid and we claim to be representatives of God while at the same time spitting in his eye. um, He's not going to take it forever, folks. He just really is not. He's not going to put up with that forever. He is a patient God. But there comes a time um, when when he's going to be done with that. Um, And if you think that's going to be a pleasant day, um, you need to go reread the, the return of the Messiah. Um, that day is referred to as the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it is referred to that way for a reason. Um, the, the image of, you know, we think of, of Jesus because of, because of the new Testament teaching that exists in the modern church. We think of, um, Jesus as our you know, fluffy bunny, right? I mean, he's the, the guy who loves me so much and he's going to take care and he's my buddy. And, and he is still, your holy and righteous God as well. Um, yes, he loves you more than anyone or anything anywhere, but he is also holy, and he ain't going to stand for that stuff. Uh, one of the first things he's going to do is straighten a whole bunch of that out. Uh, right after every knee has bowed and every tongue has confessed, and he's going to be like, okay, now that we've got that out of the way, we have established who is an authority here. Let me tell you what y'all are doing that is going to stop right now. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't understand the, you know, when it comes to these type of um, councils that they put together, what a, <laughs> you have to base your belief on something. And if you're not going to, you, you're going to allow situational ethics to trump what the word of God has to say. Right. Um, it, what what is your belief based on? You're going to reject what the Bible says. So what are you going to what are you going to? Well, here's what they say that they believe at least this this version of Lutheran Church mm-hmm. that they base what they believe on Martin Luther and what he said. Well, let me tell you what Martin Luther had to say about okay. about this. I'll just read what he because he wrote about this. He says, in order to proceed aright, let us direct our attention to Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man, male and female, he created them. From this passage, we may be assured that God divided mankind into two classes, namely male and female, or a he and a she. This was so pleasing to him that he himself called it a good creation. Therefore, each one of us must have the kind of body uh, God has created for us. I cannot make myself a woman, nor can you make yourself a man. We do not have that power, but we are exactly as he created us. I a man, you a woman. Moreover, he wills to have his excellent handiwork honored as his divine creation and not despised. 
The man is not to despise or scoff at the woman or her body, nor the woman the man, but each should honor the other's image and body as a divine and good creation that is well-pleasing unto God himself. That's who started your denomination. Right. Wow. Period. That that could be as if he was writing it right now. Yeah. Uh, it sure could be. Today. Unbelievable, huh? It is unbelievable. And the fact that the, these people are are trying to suggest that there is a dismantling of the Nicene Creed. It goes, it's incredulous. I mean, it's almost like there's no words to even describe the lunacy that is taking place. And, you know, you, you expect, you know, I I think, uh, you know, going back to what one of your teachers said, you, you do kind of expect the end times to be an absolute crazy time. But I guess at at the end of the day, you kind of expect, or maybe hope is a better word, that in the midst of the world going crazy, there is a a standard. You know, it's, it's like it's like the, an, an island arises in the midst of chaos called called the church. You ex, you ex, you know, you kind of hope or expect that that when the world doesn't know their right hand from the left, they can go to a place that can tell them the difference between the two. But it almost seems as if this. This island that's coming out of the sea is fragmented in and of itself, and it doesn't yeah. half of it doesn't know the difference between its its right hand and its left hand. Um, I really have Albert Moeller of the Southern Baptist Convention says two religions are forming in America. Oh, really? Now, yeah. what's he meaning by that? He says there's the reli- the true religion mm-hmm. of what the Bible preaches, and then there's this humanistic religion that's right. forming mm-hmm. that's where, really nothing new where men are following what men want to believe yeah. they, you know they've always wanted to have their ears yep. tickled they've always wanted to be told that it's all right to, to sin yeah it's not all right to sin no it's not but you know when you preach against the law you remove the definition of sin right and right. people have preached against the law for so long now we don't know the difference between right and wrong because we've right. lost the standard you want to watch somebody's head explode if if they if they believe the Old Testament is is gone and over and done with. Uh, ask them what sin is, and most of them will very rotely tell you it means missing the mark. What? What's the mark? mark? <laughs> What's the mark? And then watch them struggle for about the next half what hour. What sets it's the mark? What sets the mark? What sets the mark? That's right. I mean, when you build a building, for instance, and you want to <clears throat> set the foundation. You, you pull out the chalk line. Mm-hmm. Right. And you set the mark. Right. Otherwise, you have no idea how If big you just it is. wipe that out, you're just guessing. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it works. Yeah. That's the way it works. And then we end up in, in messes like we are in the modern church right now. And, and this is, uh, this is the, the problem we're seeing now in the modern church is the same biggest problem that I have with the Catholic church. And it's just that the Catholic church being older encountered all of this much sooner and that is that at some point it stops becoming about god and starts becoming about the personal power of the person sitting at the top of that heap mm-hmm. and we see that you know in these big mega churches today you know uh, it it seems like not a week goes by that we don't hear about some preacher pastor whatever in one of these churches being caught living a lifestyle that is shameful um and they're hanging on to it. and and then they want to defend themselves so things stay in that position of power. It's all, it's all about power. And 
I surrender my power because I have none. Uh, that belongs to God. All so. right. Let's take a break. Got to get a first break in here. Bible guys are here. Scott Stewart is back. He's in the, in the <coughs> house. If you got a question for him, 823-0965. You can still send it to me at BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Billy's here as well. Steve is not here. We're, we're uh, thinking that he's working right now, so he probably won't be with us. Let's talk a little bit about my buddy Dustin Turner. You know, selling a home right now seems easy. I I pretty much set that up that it's a seller's market now. Not enough homes on the market. Easy money to get basically to be able to buy what it is you want, which sets it up for the seller to get the money that they they want for their house and even even more. But making the most money for it. Now that's a question mark. Uh, how do you do that? Here's another great story for you. You got Brian and Penny, they plan to sell their own home. It seemed easy. Why use an agent? And after consulting Dustin and his team, they changed their minds. How come? Well, Dustin's proven marketing plan, knowledge of the market, proved that experience does matter. Dustin listed their home, and the first day on the market, the home was sold. I like to be able to hit like that. Sold for $17,000 more than they were going to sell the home themselves for you owe it to yourself to get the most money for your house and dustin's going to help you sell your home for the most money so how do you go about doing that well you call him he's got a phone number he's got he's got a phone just like everybody else has got a phone and it's 501-952-2969 501-952-2969 or you can go online and deal with him there HomeTeamSoldIt.com. That's HomeTeamSoldIt.com. You know, call the only only agent that I'd call if I were going to sell my home today. Dustin Turner. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 823-0965. You got a question, 823-0965. You know, we've been doing this particular show for how long now, Scott? I mean, we started with you and me, mm-hmm. and then we've built out. We brought on Steve Hess, and then we we brought on Billy Miller, and it uh, now we got this, you know, triple threat <laughs> in in the studio, which is real. You guys are fantastic. Oh, I mean, uh, look, we did a show last week. I don't think anybody would have ever thought that we'd done a show about AI mm. from a Christian viewpoint. Right, and there's a lot of things to be worried about from a Christian viewpoint, for sure. But uh, you know, I, is, how long? Been, is it three years, maybe? It, you know, at least three years. Okay. I mean, how long have you been around, Billy? Do you know how long? Because you were the you're the baby of the group. You came in the last couple of years at this point. I want to say. Um, okay, so maybe it's maybe been four, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Pre pandemic. So yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So here's the key. During this whole time, I've been, I've been caught off guard to be honest, because I thought when we started doing this. Mm that uh, we'd be shaking the apples out of the tree, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, we have never had even one uh, question about LGBTQ issues, Mm -hmm. basically, here on this show, which really does surprise me that they haven't, you know, come out of the woodwork to challenge us. I think they know they probably don't want to challenge us because we're ready for their challenge. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, we'll we'll give them a straight answer. That's there's no answer, there's no doubt about that. Well, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo warned that the encroachment on religious liberty that he saw while stationed as a soldier in the 80s along the Iron Curtain in Germany has now since fallen across the United States. He says today, and he was speaking to some graduates, I want to speak to you about the challenges that are ahead of you as followers of Christ and how you should approach them and overcome them. He was talking about a commencement during this uh, commencement speech at Regent University, which is an evangelical college in Virginia Beach. Pompeo, who is a devout Christian, Mm -hmm. explained how after his graduation from West Point, he was dispatched, uh, you know, to patrol the border of freedom between East Germany and West Germany before the fall of the Berlin Wall. Today, that border of freedom is much closer Pompeo warned. It's right here in our own communities. Our freedoms, particularly our unalienable right of religious freedom, is increasingly under attack from our government, be it local, state, or federal. He observed that even though the founding of the United States is deeply rooted in Judeo-Christian values, the idea that more and more being a good follower of Christ is becoming less synonymous with with being a good American. Yep. And and this is part of the whole, there's an effort, there's an effort by the left right now um, to reframe the um, statement uh, about freedom of religion. The Constitution guarantees us the freedom of expression of religion, meaning that you are free to express your religion in the public eye. Um, you are guaranteed that right. However, what uh, the left is currently doing is reframing that as the freedom of religion, not the free expression, but the freedom of religion, meaning you can believe whatever you want to. You just cannot drag it out into public where it might offend someone else. Uh, if this happens, um, churches, conservative churches will very quickly become taboo across the country. Uh, if we allow this reframing to happen, Voices like ours will be illegal. Um, and, and and that sounds, you're sitting there going, oh, that could never happen here. But that has happened around the world already. Um, America tends to be the last one to whom things like that happen. But it is, it is th- that is true in Canada today. That is true in much of Europe today. That is true in most of the world these days. You can't go out in the public square and say the sorts of things that we say on the show. Really important that everybody understands that. The First Amendment is almost completely an American thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. And all you got to do is listen to one, I forget which one of the boys it is from over there in England. Uh, oh, Harry. That, is it Harry? Mm-hmm. That's questioning the First Amendment yeah. and why it's so important to Americans. Yeah. I mean, that should tell you. It, see, in, in Canada, where they go in and tell pastors they got to shut up they don't have a first amendment right right that's what to keep in mind it's what we have is so wonderful Mm -hmm. in our country right you know i used to um you know i lived most of my life or at least half of my life overseas and uh, most of that was in was in europe and whenever i would minister in the states i'd come back a couple times a year and i used to say this phrase i used to say i live in the future Right. And I've come back to the past 
to tell you what the future looks like if we don't change. Mm-hmm. And, every, and, and you know, you met with people, you know, with these looks of, you know, what you heard all the time was, we're America, that will never yeah. happen Could to never us. Could never happen here. Never happen. Well, yeah. it is happening. Right. And the same people who wouldn't listen to me before are the same ones who still won't listen. Right. They'll right. say, well, yeah, we are this far, but because we are America, we'll never take the next the next step. Yeah. And, you know, the the longer, the further you stick your head in the sand, the worse it's going to be. All right. We got to get to Rush. Let's do that. Then we'll get to your phone calls. We'll talk about Israel and Palestine. We've had a few calls in about that. So we'll hear what, what Scott and Billy have to say about that as we continue here with the Bible Guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. In just a moment, we'll talk about what's going on over in the Middle East right now with uh, Israel and Palestine and the rockets that they're firing out of Gaza and just this morning from southern Lebanon. So uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Don't forget about St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Uh, they are ready to take care of cleaning your home, a deep clean. You know, I, I always mention that they get into the corners where that stuff builds up and clean it out for you because I don't clean it out. I don't get down on my hands and knees when I'm cleaning the house. I I run the sweeper and I do some uh, dusting and, uh, you know, I do a little mopping, but I'm I'm not getting down and, and wiping off the baseboards and, and all that stuff. That's where St. Clarity Residential Cleaning comes in. Now, for a home up to 2,500 square foot, it's going to run you about 300 bucks unless you call 404-6560, and that's right here at 1011 FM, The Answer. And you talk to Chuck or you talk to, uh, you know, to some of our other folks here at the station, and they will sell you a certificate for $150. So you get 50% off, and that's a good deal. I'm going to tell you what, they're going to take four or five hours to clean your home, uh, you know, 150 bucks. Breaks that down pretty, pretty reasonable if you ask me. So get the house clean the way you want to get the house clean. Uh, call 404-6560 today after 9 a.m. and talk to Lynn or talk to Chuck or talk to whoever gets on the phone with you and get yourself one of these certificates. Then you call St. Clarity, get everything set up. It's going to take about 10 days to get them out to your house because they do have a lineup of people waiting uh, to have their homes clean. But you'll be happy with what you get from St. Clarity. So, again, 404-6560. All right, so uh, we've got another push going on by Hamas uh, against the uh, the state of Israel. Uh, I, I just read a, a factoid to everybody in the last hour. 3,365 missiles have now been fired into Israel. Uh, nine people have been killed, eight civilians, one uh, uh, IDF soldier have, have died. That's astounding. It's astounding. Yeah. Uh, when you think about what the Iron Dome has done. And mm-hmm. then you listen to the left <clears throat> say some of the stupidest stuff I've ever heard, where they say that the Iron Dome is racist because it doesn't, it doesn't protect Palestinians like it it, it protects uh, Israelis, and that it's it's uh, not fair because if you got the Iron Dome and you can you know thwart the attacks of the other side, then you don't have to sit down and negotiate with the other side. 
Washington yeah. Post said that yesterday. Look, um, I, I promise if you come after me, if we want to step into the ring and glove up, that's going to be a fair fight. That That's meant to be a fair fight. That's meant to be a test of who's got the endurance, the strength, the training, et cetera, et cetera. You come after me in the street, and I'm going to claw, bite, scrape, poke you in the eyes. I'm going to do whatever I have to. When you are fighting for your life, which is precisely what Israel is doing every day, there is no such thing as a fair fight. Take fight, take fair out. That is a four-letter F word we don't use in my house. Fair is not acceptable. We don't use that word. Life is not fair, and neither is a fight, particularly when everyone who lives around you wants to kill you. I don't know what the world doesn't understand about this. Everyone who lives around Israel wants to destroy Israel. Of course, they do everything in their power to protect themselves. Period. And the sirens are going off again. I just got an alert. Sirens are going off again in, in southern Israel. So, what okay. I mean, if, if someone just again, it's 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 you can't you can't even answer this type of folly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, the response is, are you stupid? <laughs> right. I mean, to, to say that a that a a defensive weapon is racist. So, what are we saying that okay, whenever anybody goes to war. You have to analyze your opponent and then decrease your military ability to become equal and par right. with them before right. you go and, and fight with them. That's crazy. Or let's just say, what what would these people do that are saying this? What would they do if we say, if Mexico had fired 3,000 missiles into their neighborhood? Yeah. Are, are they going to say? Into Texas. Into Texas. Just, just fired 3,000. How about just firing one? Yeah. What would yeah. be our response or what would be the expectation of the people living in that township's expectation of their government to do can you imagine three thousand missiles fired into the united states and our response is supposed to be you know what if we fire back it'll be racist uh, or if we defend ourselves it's racist the, the iron dome is a completely defensive mechanism well, they, but they it's use not, that racist argument of course they do for the amount of people that come across our border yeah they, they've redefined the word racism and so now, as a matter of fact, that's one thing that the Nazis did. They redefined terms yep. so that... Semantics. Right. The war of semantics. They redefined what words meant so that it could fit their narrative. And that is exactly what started happening back uh, during um, Barack Obama's time. Now we're going to redefine what terrorism is. It's now man-made disasters. We're going to redefine what words mean. And we've started redefining this. Now we've redefined what the word racism is so that it can apply to anything it can apply to a defensive weapon now, racism. Yeah, it's absolutely asinine, and the people that are buying into it are willingly ignorant when it comes to. I these mean, things. the most recent is infrastructure. Uh, when you said infrastructure in the past, you meant bridges, roads, right, sewage prob- projects, and stuff like that. Now you have the Democrats saying that uh, you know child care is infrastructure. So you got to really? put money into child care and stuff. Oh, yeah, they've changed it. it. I mean, me. infrastructure is everything now or anything now. Yeah. Would well, you hear they now uh, not only talk about redefining, so now we're redefining man, redefining woman. Re- right, right. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but at Mother's Day, they, they're they saying now they're not calling it Mother's Day oh, anymore, yeah. but it's birth, birth persons. Birthing person. Yeah. Birthing person day. Yeah, not Mother's Day anymore. It's birthing, birthing person. person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll always call it Mother's Day. Stupid is as stupid does. Yeah, you're right about that. And, and how many of these people are actually in places of authority and power yeah, a and lot. influence? That's right. And that's what's sad. Yeah. A lot. And it's those people 
that are making these type of decisions. It's not the average yeah. person. Yeah. The average people know what Mother's Day and, is. And here's the interesting thing also most people don't realize is the only people in the world that can be speaking this um, ignorantly are the uh, the English-speaking people because Spanish, the entire language, mm-hmm. has a has a has a gender, gender. structure. Yeah, it's feminine. You cannot like in, in in a chair in Spanish is is feminine. Uh, you uh, a car is masculine. The, the, and maybe people can't really even understand this, but but the whole system is based within gender. Hebrew can't do this. You can go down the list of all the languages mm-hmm. in the world that can not do this. So the only people that get to be this stupid. <laughs> are the Germanic-based English-speaking people. And nobody else can do this. This is asinine. Yeah. We're headed to complete and total intellectual uh, anarchy. Western civilization <laughs> is, in of itself, destroying itself. It yeah. is. It is. So there, there is a, and I'm going to slip off into conspiracy world here, in order to redefine a country, in order to completely restructure a country, you must first tear it down, just like a house that had black mold. You must tear it down to its foundation first so that you can then build something new on top of it. That is precisely what the left is trying to do right now. And its I don't even know that they buy all the mess that, that they are spouting. But what it does do is cause a strife. Mm-hmm. It causes division among the people. So that they can have people, power. The, a divided people is easy to rule mm-hmm. because they have to do is poke them in the dirt. If you don't believe that, go look at BLM. Go look at neighborhoods that are burning. Go look at all you have to do for the divided po- people is poke them in the direction you want to go and then get out of their way. And that is precisely what's going on in this country right now. It's an, it's an effort by the left to tear the whole thing down to its foundation so they can rebuild it in the image that they have in their head. And the image they have in their head is not a God-fearing people. Okay. And if you want to argue the point that the Israeli people do not have the right to defend themselves, uh, if you want to call in and say that, you can go ahead and say it. But I'm going to tell you you're full of bullpucky. Yeah. You call me up and tell me that. Because what you're saying is that if your neighbor started lo- lobbing grenades into your yard, you don't have the right to defend well, your so, your home. So let's let's put it in in modern terms. So you own a house in southern Texas, and suddenly um, rockets start coming across the border, and you're like, "Hey, you know what? We should probably leave our, leave our home for a while. Uh, but until the rockets stop, we should leave our home." So you pull out of your home, and some time goes by, and the people who were shooting rockets at you move into your home, and then at some point, enough force is gathered up that you can go back and t- kick people out of your house. Do they now own a part of your house because they illegally uh, occupied your house for a period? That is the entire story of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Israel, the land of Israel belonged to Israel before there was such a thing as Palestine. And by the way, Palestine's a made up word anyway. Uh, it, there is no nation of the Palestinians. Made it, up it does by not British, exist. wasn't it? Um, Actually, Hadrian. It, yeah. There is no such thing as the land of Palestine. That is Israel. It was always Israel's. Israel was simply kicked out of the land for a while. And when they returned, they looked around. And you know what? They were so nice that they went, hey, you know what? We know y'all have been living here for a long long time. So y'all can keep the spare bedroom. And you know, we'll let you into the kitchen, too. And you can have, you know, we keep the TV in the living room. So y'all can come hang out in the living room with us, too. Uh, don't think that there aren't any Palestinians around there. There are lots of Arabs who live in Israel. Yes, there and are. And by the way. 
those uh, those people are protected by the Iron Dome, just like the Israelites are That's who live correct. in Israel. Uh, yeah, they don't have like little. They, pick they don't have little holes in the Iron right. Dome. That's not the say, way that oh, works. If it comes here, it's heading for. Uh, you know, an Arab's house, so right. we'll let that get through. Yeah, that's not the way that works, folks. <laughs> Doesn't work don't, that way. Don't be stupid out there. Please don't be stupid out there. Uh, take a look around at the world through through biblical eyes, and you'll understand what's really going on much better than if you try to listen to the news. The news is going to lie to you. Uh, I know the major news organizations never lie, except every time they open their mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, except for except for when they're speaking, they don't lie at all. Um, so take a look at, at your Bible first. If you will read... If you will consume the media that is out there through the lens of the Bible, you will see the BS that is out there, period, plain and simple. It becomes super obvious. You're like, oh, these people are lying. The Bible so. becomes your filter. And, you know, from, from our perspective here, th- this is, you know, th- we're trying to look at this from a biblically correct perspective, not a politically correct or a socially right. correct, but a biblically correct perspective. And if you have a different perspective, it's just not going to, it's just not going to mesh. I mean, you don't even have to look at this. As Palestinian versus uh, Israeli, this is any two countries. If right, one started right. bombing the other one, you would expect that the country being bombed we would respond. Would respond absolutely. to it. Absolutely, Abs- absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get a final break in, then we'll come back. We'll talk some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <coughs> uh, Scott Stewart is back from Agape Church. He's sitting here in the studio. If you got a question. 823-0965. Billy Miller is here. 823-0965 on the Dave Ellswick Show. 12 minutes until 8. Pat Davis is ready to help you with your uh, health insurance. He can save you 30 to 50%. Now, I'm going to talk to you just for a minute if you're self-employed. If you're self-employed, you don't have anybody who's looking to pick up any part of your health insurance costs. You're going to have to, you know, shoulder that all by your lonesome. Well, talk to Pat, and maybe that that heavy load doesn't need to be as heavy. Maybe it's going to be 30 to 50% lighter, and it's going to be actual insurance and not a share plan, and it can be any provider that you'd like to use, plus here's what I'll also tell you, there'll be no co-pays, and you may get some checks back from uh, you know, urgent care facilities, your hospital, the doctor, whatever. To find out more about this and how it works and why it works, you need to call Pat Davis. 501-605-6935. 501-605-6935. For the life of me, I can't understand why some people would bicker over the price of a cantaloupe between two stores and would travel, uh, you know, four miles to save a nickel when they won't pick up the phone and talk to Pat Davis that could sell, save them thousands of dollars. 501-605-6935, that's the lo- local number, and yourhealthplanman.com, yourhealthplanman.com. Eight minutes until eight o'clock. Uh, it's going to be raining all day long today, tonight, into tomorrow. It'll start clearing out on Thursday, and then the weekend is supposed to be really nice until Sunday, and then I guess we're supposed to get more rain on Sunday. That's because we've been praying so hard for it not to rain on Saturday, so, I mean, on Friday. So Yeah, uh, Friday is, is graduation day it for is, my uh, it is. my grandson and Cabot. They're going to be at War Memorial Stadium. Yep. Unless it rains, at which point yeah. we're pushing off till Saturday, and Steve is working Saturday. 
which means I'm going to have a hard time um, being in two places at once on Saturday. So you we've been praying it. hard for it not to rain. Can't on never Friday could night. do anything. Can't never could do <laughs> nothing. So that's just something to keep in mind. Let's uh, let's talk about that, Billy, because a lot of people aren't not aware about that. You have Shabbat on, on a Saturday now. Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock uh, down in the Family is it the family Life Building, is that what center, we call it? Yeah. Family Life Center. Yeah. Uh, up on the second floor in what it has traditionally been the youth um, sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people have never gone to a traditional Jewish worship service. I would suggest that you go do it because it's a little bit different, but it's not that different. But it's fun. Um, if you are, if you come from a Pentecostal background, I think you'll fit right in. Um, the, you won't understand some <laughs> of the words, but at least the um, vigorous worship won't bother you. If you come from a very conservative, very quiet background, that's okay too. Uh, you should have your eyes opened up to the way you know. We sing the song, "I will dance like David dance. I will shout like David." We actually do those things. <laughs> we we don't just say that we're going to do them. We actually do those things. Yeah. yeah so, when I came, the the, the young uh, people were dancing in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of the of the congregation, which yeah. I enjoyed immensely. You know, was I was great. I was raised in a denomination that didn't allow any type of uh, dancing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. whatsoever. And a lot of it, though, is just been um, denom- this traditional reactionary type yeah, uh, yeah. teaching. Um, what, what many people don't realize is that there are, there's, there are seven um, what are called the holy days or the moedim of the Lord, but three of them are uh, dancing feast. Yep. And Jesus going to every one of them, participating in every one of them, meant that Jesus was out there dancing at these feasts, and he, you know he would have been the best dancer oh, yeah. out there. So this is a, this is a part of our of our faith expression, not because we're you know the, that type of people, but because we were actually following in the uh, trying to imitate the Lord and do yep. as he uh, and do as he did. The reason why David was a man after God's own heart, and one of the characteristics of David we see is he was a dancer, is because that's a part of the religious expression of their, of yeah, their faith. Yeah, but something coming from your heart. Yep. Yeah. And when you when you get out and you dance. I mean, look, you don't look, care. Look, 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 I dance and people go, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. You know, white man can't jump. <laughs> white man can't <laughs> dance. Can't so dance. Dance. I mean, you look at when we go to a, to a football game. Yep. You know, we paint our faces different colors, put on weird wigs. We put on these massive fingers with the number one. Pig noses. Pig noses. We scream. We shout. We do the wave. Uh, and then you go to church where you're going to, and you're doing all this to celebrate a whole bunch of men running around chasing a pigskin. And if it's on you, NCAA, it's a bunch of kids. It's, yeah. Right. Then, then you go to church and all of a sudden we're not doing the wave. We're not, the, we, we have, we have segmented our life into the sacred, into the, um, into the, the sacred and the uh, secular. But you have to understand within, within a biblical mindset, there is no, there's no separation between the two. Yeah, the sacred and the and the and the secular they flow back and forth. You're meant to take it into that. Correct. So, so uh, this is why David. It wasn't a church service. David's out there dancing in front of the whole city. Yeah, yeah. Because he's celebrating his God, not because it was Shabbat or because it was any festival, but because God's presence was there. And uh, and we have to understand that we're meant to express our love for God not just with our voice, but with our entire being. So the time that in the Old Testament is talking about him dancing before the lord mm-hmm. in the city of jerusalem mm-hmm. was or yeah jerusalem yep. was when they were bringing the ark back right correct? the presence of the lord that's right 
And so and it wasn't a special designated day for dancing. It was just that this was the way that David, a man after God's own heart, found the way to express his joy in in the Lord. And um, and we have systematically removed that. And, of course, the Jews had done the same thing. There was a rabbi. His name was Rabbi Akiva, one of the great rabbis of the ancient world. His worship was so exuberant that he began to be criticized by the Jewish community, saying that Akiva's worship looks like those who worship the Messiah. Or they call him the Notzrim. But he looks like he's one of the Notzrim, which were the ones who followed after Jesus. And so because of that, the Jews begin to modify their worship yeah. to where now the synagogues look very much like a Presbyterian church yeah, when yeah. it comes to the worship. Not because it was biblical or because they have the tradition of it, but because they reacted to, okay, we don't want to be associated with that group, so we're not going to do those three things that that group traditionally uh, does. Religion's a terrible thing when it, it removes is. our relationship with the Lord. That's why we don't really talk about religion here we talk about relationship (laughs) here there's a difference there's a difference as i always tell people that religion is man reaching to god and jesus is god reaching to man Mm. and there's two different you know look at it that way and it changes things or at least it should good word billy always glad to have you thank here. you sir thank you sir and today i didn't let you scare people yeah well you know there's always, AI. Hey, always that next AI week. Scary. there's always next week that's right and then uh scott you'll be back again next week yes sir all right we'll look forward to seeing you as well remember to send your questions to bible guys at SalemLR.com. And by the way, you don't have to be a believer to send a question in. If you're a non-believer and you want to challenge these guys and say, why do you believe in the Bible? Feel free to do that. If you think that, uh, you know, somebody who is uh, gay and practicing gay and they, they should be able to be a preacher, well, you can do that as well. Again, Bible guys at SalemLR.com. Dot com. I got to get out of here. See you tomorrow at 6 a.m. on the Dave Ellswick Show.